864-660-9473. Call, leave a voicemail or text. This is the All 7 Days Podcast. I'm here with Trevor Montgomery. I'm Stan Fields. And thank you for joining us today. Bang your head, everybody. Bang your head. It's a great day in Mississippi to be alive. Come thou fount. You've never heard it like that before unless you listened last week. That's cool. How are you, Trevor? You I'm doing, doing great. The sun was out. A little cool, but I'm just glad hey, it wasn't that, raining today. That big orange orb up in the sky, mm. we haven't seen that in a while no. around these parts. So it's, it's really nice to see it. Although I did try to go to work today. And there was a road flooded. I couldn't get to the office. I had to turn around and come home and work from home. So that's awesome that I can do that, but right. a little bit weird. There's days that I wish there was a, a flooded road that I didn't have to go to work. <laughs> All right. So uh, first thing you might notice right now is the audio is exponentially better. And uh, we have... Uh, a tremendous amount of donated equipment in front of us right now, thanks to Scott Burroughs and uh, a little bit of Amazon to put all this together. We've got this great mixing board and some great microphones and some great, uh, <laughs> I call them audio panels, but it's really blankets hanging on my office wall to cut down on the echo. Uh, hopefully you'll get a better listening experience for the podcast. If you want to check out what those uh, audio panels look like, I think he just did a, a Facebook Live video, and you could check out. It's a great audio panels that Stan has here. So check that video out and leave a comment. Let's just say we're not going to get cold anytime soon. No, we should these get audio cold. panels. Uh, they, but they're they're doing a great job. So uh, we'll we'll see how long they they last. They might turn into something else. You know, it's funny, Stan. Before you move on, is each week we have a uh, episode we always upgrade our audio we do each week i don't we know upgrade. what we're going to do for next week i don't know maybe we'll, maybe we'll get new voices that'd be interesting <laughs> maybe we could mess around with that the chipmunks might do the podcast next week <laughs> that'd be fun hey uh speaking of podcast uh wow over a thousand listens the first two episodes incredible. combined that's just incredible uh i thought maybe 20 or 30 people would might might yeah. listen and here we've got well over a thousand plays on the on the platform, uh, just incredible. So thank you guys for for tuning in and sharing it with your with your friends. And I've got one more shout out to make. Uh, as you hear this episode, uh, it is my wife's birthday, Pam's birthday today. So if you know Pam, throw her a happy birthday wish. Yes, she'd love today. that. Uh, she's awesome. I'm not going to say how old she is, although she wouldn't mind, but. You just don't do that. She's probably about the same age as me, maybe a little younger. I'm sure she is, at heart. Yes. (laughs) At heart. So uh, let others know about the podcast. Uh, Share it with your friends and family on social media. You can support the podcast at anchor.fm slash all7days slash support. We are a podcast based on what the listeners want to hear about. So uh, we're, we're looking for your topics and questions to discuss on the podcast. Uh, share it with us on social media sites. Uh, we will use your first name unless you tell us not to. So send those questions in at ask at all7days.com. Uh, voicemail or text 864-660-9473. Uh, 
Uh, use the Ask Us link on the all7days.com uh, website. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all those links as well are on all7days.com. Ask your name, email, phone number, topic, or question. Uh, again, we won't share your personal information with anyone. Uh, we might call you, might have you on the podcast at some point, uh, and we might give you a, a shout-out to clarify your question uh, should we need to do that. So, uh, and we can't guarantee that all the questions are going to make it on the show, but right now, you got a pretty good chance. So, send them in. Yes. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This is the All 7 Days Podcast. Hey, pastors and church administrators, listen to this. All 7 Days is proud to be partnered with Faith Teams. Faith Teams is a web-based church management software with all the features your church needs and price so that any church can afford it. It's packed with features including attendance tracking, kids check-in, volunteer scheduling, automated guest follow-up, contributions, online giving and text to give, built-in email and text messaging tools, and a whole lot more. Best of all, it's all in one single system at a price that makes sense. They have a free 14-day trial so you can try the entire system before you pay a dime. Keep it in pages $40 a month. That's right. $40 a month for every available feature. Go to all7days.com slash faith teams to learn more and use the links provided for your free 14-day trial. When you sign up, tell them All 7 Days sent you. Faith Teams, the easy and affordable church management software. Welcome back to the All 7 Days podcast. Uh, had a, a quick thing I wanted to uh, mention from last week's podcast. Uh, we were talking about different versions of the Bible, uh, different uh, uh, translations, different uh, and, and what the original um, text was written in. And my son sent me a link uh, pretty quickly after that podcast aired, and he said, "Hey, you didn't need to check this out." So pretty much everyone is familiar with a site called YouVersion which is just a Bible, online Bible. You can get the app for your phone. It's really cool. It's got tons of different versions on it. Um, but he sent me one called Y'all Version. That's right, Y'all Version, Y-A-L-L Version, dot com. And uh, it's, it's pretty interesting in that as soon as you bring that up in a web browser, uh, I had three versions of the Bible sitting right in front of me at the same time. One, and you could change the versions. So the first two on the left were English translations, and the one on the far right was the Greek, which I thought was just excellent. And you could click on any word, and it would give you the original Greek word and how it was translated, the definition of that Greek word. I thought that was just excellent. Um, so check out yallversion.com, really cool resource if you're looking to get a little deeper in your Bible study. Now, on to this week's listener topic. Today's question, I should say questions, were sent in by Brandy. So, here's what we're talking about today. Here's, here's her question. First question, can a person ever be too far gone to return to Jesus? Can it ever get to the point where there's no hope for an individual? Second part to the first question, if there is hope, what would be the path to take in order to reach someone who is really in deep sin or deep in sin, mm -hmm. depending on 
which n you want to use in her question because deep is surrounded by n's. So I will say deep ends in. So there's the question. Uh, when we before we get into that, this this uh, question kind of reminded me of a story. Um, so how far is too far to go, right? And I've got a friend in South Carolina, a super close friend of mine. He was actually in one of my men's groups in South Carolina. I will just use the name Captain. His real name I will leave out for his protection. <laughs> I'm sure he'd appreciate not, that. <laughs> not that not that he would not that he would mind, I don't think, but I'll I'll protect his identity. But the guys in South Carolina listen to this podcast, you know who I'm talking about. His name is Captain. Uh Captain is uh is the gentleman of our of our group. We would uh, the rest of us would get a little bit rowdy and when we would start crossing the line, Captain would bring us back. Hmm. He would uh he'd say, Okay boys, that's funny, but we need to we need to we need to calm it down a little bit. So Captain was our was our gentleman of the group, and our uh, I don't want to say policeman, but you know he was just he was grounded. He he made sure we didn't go too far, but but Captain was directionally challenged. So uh, it was a big deal when GPSs got big and popular for uh, for traveling, and he got one finally, and we were so excited for him. Now living in the upstate of South Carolina and visiting. Uh, folks, a lot of times you would drive through Asheville and take I-40 through the mountains to get into East Tennessee. And it's windy and crooked and there's a lot of times, like right now, there is a rock slide that has slid down off the mountain and it, it's blocking I-40. Well, Captain was driving through the mountains of North Carolina one time and that was the case. He has his new TomTom Tom GPS on and he has to reroute around the closed road. Well, it takes him off the, off the interstate, and he's driving along. He's following the commands. He's going exactly where it's going. And the road goes from a nice road to a smaller road to a tar and slag road to, like, a gravel road to, like, dirt. He is driving on a dirt road. And after, after I don't know how long he was driving, following this GPS, he finally, in the distance, he just sees trees. And the road ends, and someone had put a sign up on the tree line that says, your GPS is wrong, turn around. Mm. <laughs> now, you know, at some point during this drive, he had to know in his gut, this is not going to work out. But still, the GPS is telling him, you got to trust it, right? Right. <laughs> it just didn't work out. So I think a lot of times when we see people who seem to have gone too far, it may just be that they're trusting in the wrong thing. Maybe they've got their GPS set wrong, or maybe it's just leading them astray. And they haven't lost enough faith in it yet to turn around. So with that in mind, with that in mind, I'm not, I'm not saying that's a perfect analogy, but uh, I think it might, it might help us consider what people might be going through mm -hmm. um, when, we, when we think that they might have gone too far. They might, there might not be hope for them. So I've got a few topics I want to I talk about. 
in this, and it, we're going to look at a great deal of scripture to help us think about this, hopefully properly, because um, it doesn't really matter what I say. If the Bible can back up what I say, then you might want to listen to it. You definitely want to listen to what the Bible has to say about topics like this. So, um, historically, people have just been rebellious to God. And, and you can see that in a couple of scriptures fairly easily. And not only rebellious, but God seems to give up. Mm-hmm. Not, that's a bad term to say with God. Okay, But it seems that his patience has run out. We believe God is patient. The Bible says he's patient. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But listen to Genesis 6, 5-7. This is, this is when he's getting ready to have Noah build the ark. Right. right. So the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made him. I mean, that... That's pretty deep that's stuff. Sounds pretty like bad he's... place to be, right? Yeah. I mean, they're... He's like, I'm just done. I'm just done. It almost sounds like he was given up there. Yeah. There was, a, there was an end of the patience mm-hmm. with him. And then Second Chronicles 36.16 says, They continually mocked the messengers of God, despised his words, scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people until there was no remedy. So here again we have God. I mean, he's trying to get their attention. He's sending prophets. He's sending messengers to them to talk to them, to warn them. And there comes a point where there was no remedy, he says. That's... Again, I mean, it's, it sounds like a very similar situation, right? I mean, we're, yeah, he's just like, I'm just, I'm just done. Nothing's going to fix this. Nothing's going to fix this. So historically, man has rebelled against God. All right. So now we look at, uh, is, there, is there anything that God tells us that's unforgivable? All right. Mm-hmm. So in Matthew 12, 31... Jesus says, therefore, I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven, people, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Now, we could probably take a little time here and talk about what does that mean as far as blasphemy of the Spirit. You got any thoughts on that one, Trevor? Because <laughs> uh... one says, at one time he says, Every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven, but not you the know, blasphemy uh, against the Spirit. I guess if I had to really just think about I guess it, if you were <laughs> give an answer right away, um, yes, if you, you were do. doubting, you do have to give an answer doubting right, right now. Uh, the Spirit of God within you. Okay, I think it's similar to that. I think it's, I think it is, the ongoing unwillingness to yield to God's call to God's Spirit. Um, right. It's 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 just walking outside, seeing nature, and saying, "Nah, no. I don't believe God did that." Or, 
you know, hear, feeling your conscience tell you that what you're doing is wrong and just denying it so long that your conscience gets seared, you've blasphemed the spirit that's trying to pull you back. Okay? I like that version. I don't know that I'm right, but I think I that's, like I that's, think that's, that's close. A good, that's good. I think that's close. So we do have things that are unforgivable. At least that's true because mm-hmm. it says that will not be forgiven. I may not have that definition exactly right. We might get some help on that soon. Uh, but there is something that's unforgivable, and that's the blasphemy against the Spirit. So what I look at when I look in the Bible, all I see is the condition of all of us as being corrupt. Mm-hmm. We're, and, and I get this from different places, but if you look at Romans chapter 3, 9 through 18, Paul is laying out the gospel in Romans, and in chapter 3, he has he's brought us through all these things that man is, is just rebellious. And he, put, he sums it up like this. What shall we conclude then? Do we have any advantage? Not at all. For we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are under the power of sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways, and the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. That's everybody. That's me. That's you. That's everybody listening to this podcast. He just described humanity. And I think anybody who's listening could definitely attest that they see that and that they've experienced that on a daily basis. Yeah. I truly believe that. Yeah, absolutely. So we all have this horrible problem. Ephesians 2, 1 1 through 3 says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That's what we were. So I think the real question is, not can someone be too far gone? The question really should be, aren't we all too far gone? There's nothing, he says, there's nothing we can do about this condition. Right. And I think when... Maybe when that question was proposed, maybe it was a judgment as maybe they're further gone than where I am. 
maybe their sin outweighs or ha- they have more sin than I do at this moment in time. Possibly. After we've read those scriptures, I mean, it all, it I feel all. like I just, <laughs> I got a big bag of sin for Christmas right there. <laughs> um, yeah. So who's to say somebody's further gone than, than I am right. or you right. after, after reading that? So that's, that's, that's the issue, right? That we all have a sin problem. Mm-hmm. And it has put us under the wrath of God. That's our big problem. Mm-hmm. The biggest problem in the world is that we are under God's wrath. But there is good news, right? That's that. why they call it the gospel. The gospel. Because there's no good news without bad news, right? Correct. There has to be some, something that's bad for there to be something that's good, mm-hmm. right? And that's, that's the second half of the story. So we look at Ephesians 2. We'll just keep moving in that same scripture in Ephesians from verse 4 to verse 10. But God, see, we were, we were like the rest of mankind. We were children of wrath. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That is awesome news. Mm -hmm. I am a child of wrath. There is nothing I can do about it but God steps in, raises dead people to life, opens their eyes to the glory of the gospel, and steps in and gives us the gift of faith. The tremendous, tremendous thing God does for us. We see that God is so patient. God is patient. Second Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promises, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And that's, the, that's just glorious right there. He sheds light in our hearts. He wakes the dead, and he waits. He waits until the right time to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, we always talk about God's plan. We'll never understand it. We never know when or how things are going to unfold, and that's just part of God's patience right there. Right. He's trying to, I guess, read us to see what we're going to do. Are we going to be patient and trust in Him, or are we going to just give up after a day or a week or a month or a year and try to do it ourselves? Right. I, I, I tend to think <clears throat> that the tests come so that, it, the test is for us. God knows. Mm-hmm. 
Nothing's taking him by surprise, right? Right. The tests come so that we can know, right? And even if we fail, if we're, if it, if when we, see, when, when God wakes you up, when God, when God saves you, he gives you new desires. He gives you new uh, passions for your heart. He gives you a passion for him. Mm-hmm. And when we mess up, it hurts us. Yeah, it hurts God, but it hurts us. We feel it. And that's what, that's, that's the, that's that fear of God and the love of God coming together to cause us to repent and turn and say, God, I messed up again, God, mm-hmm. but thank you for your grace. Help me to do better. And, uh, and we just keep moving. You know, I think the real test for a lot of people is that, re- uh, repenting, yes. you know, yes. that's the hardest part right yep. there. Yeah is I think we have, or most people do have a desire to uh, have a relationship with God, but they still hold on to these other things on the side that they're not willing to depart with. And they're not really sure why things aren't working out. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. I bet you could uh, take a step back and look at what you're holding on to, what you need to get rid of, and I bet you your life changes. Very true. Very true. So... We can see uh, in Second Corinthians four one through six, we we see God shedding light into our hearts. Therefore, having this ministry, by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Now pause right there and notice what's happening to people who we think may have gone too far. The God of this world has blinded their minds to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel. That's what's happening. They can't see the glory of God. They can't comprehend it. It makes no sense to them. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. And here it is, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We were in the same position as these people, with our eyes blinded to the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And then God comes along, and just like he created everything and said, let there be light, he says, let there be light in Trevor's and stands heart so that they can see the glory of God. And when we awaken to that, when he wakes us up to that, it's glorious. Right. And we can't help but run to him. It's incredible. It's incredible. So, can someone be too far gone? That's still the question. It's still the question. Right. Um, I think- you know, with too far gone, and then how do we get them to see the light and accept Jesus Christ? 
I think that's another thing that's in itself. That's the second part of the question, right? Reeling them in. How do right. we do that? So the one example that I could find of someone who you would think would be too far gone was uh, what most people say is the thief on the cross, mm-hmm. right? So Jesus crucified between two criminals. And in Luke 23, verse 39 through 43, it records what happens. is one of the criminals who were, who, uh, were hanged railed at him saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him saying, Do you not fear God since you were under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Here's a guy who is hours maybe from death and he knows it. It's his last chance. He confesses his sins, expresses faith in Jesus, and it's done. Mm -hmm. God woke him up literally from death on a cross and saved him right there. Not too far gone. No. It's just like when you hear pastors talking about um, people on their deathbed finally coming around and accepting Jesus Christ. It's unfortunate that has to get to that point for somebody to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is is God. But, um, you know, he did it to the the thief on the cross. I mean, he's saving people. Right. And he can do it however he wants to however, do it. However, whenever. That's, that's how he chooses to do it. So so I guess the answer to the question is, can someone be too far gone? I think the answer is yes, but we don't get to know it. Mm-hmm. It's not in us to be able to figure that out. We can't judge someone as too far gone. Right. Because as long as they're breathing, as long as there's light in their eyes as long as they're walking around we have to assume that there's hope right so the other half of the question is if there's hope then what do we do how do we get them back on the path and and a couple of things that kind of jumps out to me from these scriptures is it we have a responsibility to them to be the to present the gospel right to them and a lot of times they don't want to hear it. A lot of times we can expect to be yelled at, cursed at, told to go away. But we still have to continually live out and share the gospel with them until it's too late it's almost, or until they convert. Yeah. Right, and that's almost like a, a door-to-door salesman. You know, that mentality yeah. is, yeah. I'm going to keep trying to sell it. I'm going to come back tomorrow. Right. Um, you know, growing up my whole life, I believed, but it wasn't like a full-on belief. Mm-hmm. And so when people would start talking to me about the Bible or how I was living my life, it's not something I wanted to hear because I didn't think, Right. I'm good, I believe, I'm a Christian. Yeah. You know, I'm right. not too far gone, right. per se. Um, so I could see how people... Uh, they're not ready, I don't think. Yeah. Does that make sense? Right. Um, 
but it's tough for us to know when they're ready. Right. You know, we we see people walking around all the time with, you know, scowls on their faces or whatever, and just a kind deed or a kind word can turn it. But we have to be consistent in it, right? You do have to be consistent. So we 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 can't we can't live double lives <clears throat> in front of them. So I would say step one is to pray. Pray for that person as much as you can. uh, And pray to that one who can shine light into dark souls. And as the Bible says, preach the word in season and out of season. Now that doesn't mean be preachy, but that means have scripture ready. Have scripture ready that talks about the gospel. And know that because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Bible tells us that too. The only way they're going to come come to faith is by hearing God's word. And you've got to speak it to them because they're not going to go read it. That is true. Yeah. All right. So you've got to know it. Now, once you get a, rep, uh, a rapport going with them, you might be able to get them to go read some scripture. Read the Gospel of John, for instance. But until then, you've got to be able to speak it into their lives. And you've got to love them, love them enough to tell them that they're lost. You've got to continually share it with them. You've got to serve them when they reject you. You got to show them uh, that you love God above all else, and maybe we just hope maybe that God will be merciful to them as He was to us. So never, ever give up. Never give up. Any last thoughts? I wrote just a couple uh, scriptures down that I thought kind of went with what I said earlier about repentance. Did I pronounce that correctly? Repentance, yes. Repentance. That's a, yeah. Um, so <laughs> those it was Bible words. Yes, those Bible words. Uh, Proverbs 8 13 uh, just said, People who conceal their sin will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. And that goes back to uh, repentance from our sin and how, how difficult that is. It's one thing to admit that we have committed a sin and ask for forgiveness, right. but if we are continually doing the same thing over and over, I think we kind of uh, stall out in our walk and our relationship. I, I've experienced that firsthand. Right. Um, until you really repent from the uh, behaviors or actions, um, I don't know if growth is possible. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think it's interesting here also to note the opposites in these two phrases. People who conceal, but if they confess. Mm-hmm. So you can you can you can keep your sin secret and it will rule you, or you can confess it and it won't. And then it says if they conceal their sin they will not prosper. The opposite of that here is receiving mercy. Right. So please don't hear that if you become a Christian, you're going to get rich. Okay. Right. That's all we're talking about. It's you don't not, get a check in the mail. That's not what this says. It says you will receive mercy. Now, the Bible does talk about being rich in mercy. Mm-hmm. Right. And when we get our retirement plan <laughs> as Christians, right? Yep. We got we got pavement made out of gold. Mm-hmm. And you know things that we just can't even imagine of what it's going to be like, uh, and that's that's what that's the prosperity part, right? right? And I th- 
think people get confused when they hear those words of blessings or you're going to prosper. They think it's uh, money related. Yes. But here's the crazy thing is you get blessed in other ways that open up doors for you to then possibly make money. It's not just going to be given to you. It for could instance, be. You know, it, it could, could be. be. It could be. It may be but other things. It opens up opportunities, I think. More opportunities possibly. to possibly reach somebody and down the line. Definitely, it comes back to you. There's definitely opportunities to go reach someone. Yes. We we just have to be careful when we talk about it it you know, it will be this or it will be that blessing or it will be, you know, you'll 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 make more money or you'll or you'll get a bigger car or you know, whatever it right. might be. God's gonna do what God's gonna do. He's in control of it all. He might give you more money. He might not. Mm -hmm. But it's not it's not what he gives us. That's the important part as far as material things on this earth. It's what we do with what we have. Right. Are we willing to let go of all of it? Mm -hmm. Right. He. I don't think he's going to give. I don't think he's going to give you ten thousand dollars if you're just going to hoard it. Right. Not share it. Right. Or do anything constructive with right. that money. Yeah. So. So don't hear us saying that you're going to get ten thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> this is really. This is really kind of shaky right here. You're right. But it, it's the the theology is around God being great and us just being stewards with whatever he decides to give us, mm -hmm. whether it's, whether it's wealth. I mean, it's the Bible talks a whole lot about the, the dangers of being wealthy. So, um, that we definitely don't want to crave wealth, right? No, that we shouldn't be our main goal. With, right. Um, I think that's the point. Yeah. Right. Don't get there. Um, one more verse. Uh, this one kind of stuck out to me. After listening to a song, we talked about this, uh, I believe, last Wednesday night. <clears throat> it's a very popular Christian song. It's, uh, the song's based after this verse, but the song is Reckless Love. I suggest uh, listening to it if you haven't. <laughs> my, um, my son's going to come into the podcast now because I think I told you that's, that's had some controversy over yes. the word reckless, but right. uh, I, I'm with you. Go ahead. Okay. So it's uh, out of Luke... <laughs> Fifteen four through 7, and it says, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does, that, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Um, we talk about being so far gone. And it's not God being so far gone right. away from us. It's us walking away from him right. or moving away from him. Right. But the good thing is, he doesn't just stand in one spot and watch us walk away. Right. He follows us. Comes and gets us. And he, when you are so far gone, all you have to do is turn and ask for that forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And you, you have to have a desire to want. Right. Otherwise, if you don't have a desire, you're not going to repent. Right. It's just going to be useless words. Right. And so um, God wants you. He wants you to be that one that he finds so he could be rejoicing in heaven about how he got you. Right. Okay. Right. And um, 
I really like that verse. Yeah, I mean, really it kind of hits home for me. It is good. It is good. All right. Um, we have uh, we've run a little bit long here today, but not too bad. Uh, next week, we will talk about how does one go from being a hearer of the word to a doer of the word. That, I took that quote from James, the book of James, but that question came in from a listener worded slightly differently than that. That's really what he meant. How do, you, how do we take the word and apply it to our lives? We hear it a lot. How do we apply it? Right. So that's next week. Thanks for listening today. Remember, your questions and comments are welcome. Hit us up at ask at all 7 dayscom 864-660-9473. Text or email, text or voicemail, sorry. Voicemail. And uh, let others know about the podcast. Uh, you can support us at anchor.fm slash all7days slash support. If possible, leave us a review for the podcast. Let us know how we're doing. This is the All 7 Days Podcast, where the goal is to make you think so highly of God that you forget about yourself. Now go give someone what you value most today.